Something in Japanese. Can we sync yet? Because Sullivan's gonna want to start rolling the theme music again if we don't roll the theme music. Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, Tea Time with Titans, an Attack on Titan rewatch podcast where we also drink tea. Uh, my name is Sullivan Harris. I am the big schnoz titan. I am watching the dub for, you know, now it's my third time. Since we recorded the last couple episodes, I have completely rewatched the show with my girlfriend who was watching it for the first time. So I'm now on my third rewatch. Um, Sir. And it's pretty exciting. I finally feel like I'm not going to be like a complete stupid asshole when we get to the spoiler section, but... <laughs> At the same time, my memory is so bad, I probably still will be. Um, At least your memory's not mine. Yeah. It can't get worse than yours. Where I forget the episode literally the day after I watch it. Brian, you don't know what show you're watching half the time. <laughs> no, I don't. Like, I, I I, honestly, like, I log into Hulu and I'm like, which episode is this, Family Guy? <laughs> Brian actually watched the uh, 2011 live action Jack and the Beanstalk movie, Jack the Giant Slayer. <laughs> Uh, I'm drinking peach black tea this week, and it's pretty, pretty fucking good. Sullivan, how do you feel about getting your ass eaten? I'm into it. I'm Ben. I'm the beard tits and ass titan. I'm the sub-dub manga consumer. And what the fuck did I grab? Uh, vanilla chai tea, I think it was this week. I don't remember. Something like that. Fuck yeah. Uh, hello, my name is Brian. I'm the Sonic the Hedgehog Titan. Uh, this is uh, my first watch of any anime ever, and uh, I don't have any tea, as always, because that's the bit that I'm going with. <laughs> you know, that might be the smoothest we've ever moved through the intros, but because of that, it just <laughs> sounded like an AA meeting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and today we are joined by uh, our fantastic editor, Chris Rowe. Hello. I'm here to fuck up the intro. <laughs> it was going so well. Uh, hi, I'm Chris Rowe. I'm the Detective Pikachu Titan. Uh, what? I, I frantically looked around my room and I have a Blu-ray of Detective Pikachu. Where's my son? <laughs> and that's it. Uh, Can you guys it. imagine if halfway through fucking Detective Pikachu, Detective Pikachu was just like, are you tired of your old mobile plan? <laughs> <laughs> Consider Mint Mobile. Do you guys get those uh, ads or am I just screaming to the void right now? I don't now? know what bit's happening. No, right no, my targeted ads are all anime based. <laughs> I get Yu-Gi-Oh ads. That's so fucking... That's pretty are depressing. You, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Hold on. Real quick. Chris, you get fucking Yu-Gi-Oh ads? Yeah. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> I'm quite amused by it. Yeah, I get Yu-Gi-Oh cards too. I just assume it's Chris spilling over to mine. <laughs> Use Ben to search up Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I don't know why throughout all of season two, I got like no ads whatsoever. But season one, I did. Oh, and weird. then now season three, I'm getting ads again. Season two is not worth advertising the decided. <laughs> I guess <Remember>? not. 
Brian, do you remember back when we were doing season one and you kept getting Republican ads? I fucking, it was so goddamn infuriating. I swear to God. Like Trump ads? Hulu is the only service where they're like, here, pay for our service. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to pay for it. But am I going to get ads? And they're like, of course you are. (laughs) Just to uh, round this square, uh, Ryan Reynolds, for some reason, bought a cell phone company called Mint Mobile. And he does all these like, really ryan reynolds brandy like tongue-in-cheek commercials for it on youtube like deadpool style really meta shit he's like we got rick moranis for this ad and then rick moranis just walks on screen (laughs) and it's like what do you want me to say and ryan reynolds is like nothing i just want to look at you (laughs) i mean to be honest he doesn't want to look at rick moranis uh welcome to the season premiere of season three everybody we're finally here Uh, This week, we watched episodes uh, one, which is called Smoke Signal, episode two, which is called uh, something. What is it called? It's called Spain, but the the S is silent. (laughs) Right. Like if we're doing one of those like world (laughs) word build things, it would be like the flag for Spain and then minus S. Uh, And then the last one was called like Old Story, I think. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Um, and those are also like in the overall episode numbering. If you're keeping track that way, it is episode 38, 39 and 40. So I guess it's time we should finally talk about the fucking show. Psych! It's fine. Oh, nah. this is Rick Moranis. Look at him. <laughs> Did you just send us a picture of Rick Moranis? Look at general? him. He's so, yeah, he looks like a chipmunk man. He's the guy from Ghostbusters. Totally like out of date reference. But did you guys see the video of him getting punched in the street? It's not funny. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, this was Who like could months punch ago. This is Rick Moranis. <laughs> What's wrong with him? This is old him? news. There's like this security cam footage of Rick Moranis just walking down the street, and a dude runs up and knocks him out cold. <laughs> That's what you Why? get. Why fucking shrinking those kids? <laughs> so smoke signal. I don't know if this is like a flash forward or like a vision or just like a weird montagey thing, but we get this shot of like Aaron with long flowing hair. I don't like the way he looks with long hair. I don't I don't either. I don't either. He looks very cursed. I think it's kind of hot. What? It's weirdly shaggy, but like straight at the same time. It just makes me uncomfortable. But he has this speech about how like uh, Armin told me there was a big body of salty water, and I wonder what's on the other side. I don't know why I gave him a French. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. <laughs> oh. Kilo the Titan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just like this brief little thing, and then we cut into the new season three intro, which we have to put some fucking respect on. So it's Red Swan. Let's ask Brian what he thinks, since he's a first-time viewer. Yeah, I'm very interested. I he didn't watch it. No, 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 no. Okay, wait. The whole time that I watched the intro, because I I realized, oh, it's a, it's a new intro, so I gotta watch the whole thing. It gave me sitcom vibes. Really interesting. It get, it it was like I don't know what it was, but it's so much more light and happy than the other intros that we've Mm -hmm. seen so it gave me it literally just gave me like these three guys and they're living together (laughs) oh wacky shenanigans Uh uh-oh giants (laughs) i don't think that are there any titans in the intro i don't think there are just i don't think so yeah because the first three intros are really just like (laughs) i like that discord cut that out Ah! (laughs) and then we just hear like the last note And this one, it's like, it kind of reminds me of like an early to mid 2000s, like pop crooner song. You know what I mean? What is pop? What is pop crooner? 
There was like that wave of like you know like Michael Bublé. And oh, like, okay. Michael, like you know, like guys kind of swingy to jazz. This bit goes on for way too long. Did you like it though, Brian? Is the question. I don't. That's the thing. I think so far it's not like a it's not a bad intro, but so far it's my least favorite. That's fair. That's how I felt too when I first watched. Yeah, it. the reason I wanted to say or ask you before we said anything because I didn't want to influence what you said because right. I feel like most people watch it and don't like it at first Mm -hmm. and then the thing about this opening is the more you watch the show the more the the opening grows on you to the point of when you get to Mm -hmm. like where the point of chris and i are of all caught up in the manga like this is like one of the top openings to you so it's like so it's one of those things that grows on you yeah it's a grower not a shower Mm. also when i first heard this i was like what the fuck give me shinzo sasagio this is bullshit (laughs) But like they said, I, I think like even this intro, the last time we see it, like I think in episode 12 is where it changes. Mm-hmm. Like even by then, you have like such a broader appreciation for it, which is why I kind of want to save most of the conversation for then once we like start to understand what we're seeing in the intro a bit more. But there are a couple little things that I just like as far as like just being pure visuals go, like the shot of young Aaron, like seeing and running around like an older version of Aaron. It's just like really powerful imagery. Like when Aaron's staring off into the ocean and then his little younger self bumps into him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like my favorite part of the intro. And like the animation on that is so great too. Like I wonder if they, they must have gotten like some kid to just like do reference video for that. Because it's just like such like a pure cute little animation. You mean rotoscoping? Yeah, rotoscoping. I don't, it it doesn't look rotoscoped to me, but like, I feel like they definitely had some strong reference for that. Yeah, the rest, I, I feel like we can dig into more once we get into the show a bit more. That's fair. Let's just say we all mm-hmm. fucking hate this intro now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zero out of ten. Shiganshina. <laughs> Shiganshina. <laughs> the, the actual opening of this episode is pretty chill. We, like, come in on this little hut. <laughs> it's also hilarious. It's really fucking good. It's just, like, everyone hanging out together. I like that Aaron has cleaning PTSD from his time with Levi Squad. <laughs> we gotta get this shit done. He's gonna be here any minute. Yeah, I know. It's just, like, him being like, did you wipe your mud off your boots? And John's <laughs> yeah. like, what do you mean? We're carrying all this shit. And he's like, Levi's not gonna be happy. <laughs> I do have a question, though. Yeah, what's up? I don't. I don't know if it's just me. Or if I'm so used to Aaron screaming that I don't even remember what his regular voice just sounds like. But does he have a different voice actor? Oh, absolutely. Uh, no. Because <laughs> he sounds, do I don't know us. why he sounds, I don't know why he sounds so much different, but it's probably because I'm used Cause to. Because we're not used yeah, to it. I, it's it's because we're not used to him, like, not screaming his head off mm-hmm. all the time. And we get a lot of chill Aaron in this episode. Yeah. And it is very jarring. We just have like a bunch of really funny interactions here in the beginning that I want to go through. Like, um, everyone's like, Mikasa, you have to be relaxing. You were grabbed by a titan. And I like, the- Aaron's like, yeah, I caught her doing sit-ups earlier. And John's like, so you're a peeping Tom. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think Mikasa comes in because she was just chopping wood or something. Yeah, she's like, gotta stay strong. I think the response to the sub was something like, do you know what a peeping Tom is? <laughs> um, and then the little interaction where Sasha like slips the bread into her bag and Armin's like, Sasha, what'd she just put in your bag? And she says, it's something that definitely isn't bread. Yeah. <laughs> in the sub, it's like nothing bread related. Um, this is really sad frame that didn't quite make it into the anime of during everyone just bickering and having these interactions Aaron like remembers the Levi squad and gets depressed oh, Jesus. Um, and it's just this quick frame he gets nostalgic is that depressed I think is the yeah, word he's gonna say nostalgic. nostalgic he's depressed because he's nostalgic okay that's fair and I'm nostalgic for these people who died a brutal death I was about to say I don't know do you use the word nostalgic when you're reminiscing on people you're mourning <laughs> maybe I feel like this opening is such a good misdirect for what this season is going to be because when I first thought saw it hey spoilers what you didn't you, you, you misdirect for what this season is going to be I know what you're doing I see what you're doing. Don't don't spoiler me. This is the hentai season. Brian sees it coming. <laughs> you saying that no, the, was... that some shit's going down? A shit goes down before the end of this episode. <laughs> about to say what shit goes down about? already. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying this episode starts out so calm, and like after this, we have the sequence where like Aaron is just like kind of training his Titan powers a bit more. We see that he's not doing well. We get the funny shot where his like ass is hanging out of the Titan <laughs> and Levi calls it his ass scrawny. I feel like this gives you like this false sense of, oh, okay, I get where this is going, which this show does all the fucking time. It's like, we're they're going to like train up Aaron's powers. They're maybe going to try to like plug wall Maria. Like you kind of get the sense that we had the big finale. Now we're like slowing down for a bit and then going to ramp our way back up to some sort of finale later. But like immediately after this like scene where Aaron's training his Titan's powers, which also the shot of like them pulling him out and Aaron's face is like torn off of his body <laughs> is so fucking disturbing. Meat spaghetti. His like tongue is hanging out. I didn't like that. It's really funny because then Hanji's yelling like, Moblet, Moblet, sketch this real quick. And Moblet yells <laughs> yeah, from the background. He's like, this. do you have no human compassion? And then what I think <laughs> makes it, what I think makes it even funnier is in the manga, then he's furiously sketching it <laughs> <laughs> i fucking love moblet um another thing another thing to add about the training is after aaron wakes up they actually kind of go into a bit more detail than the anime about like what they did with him and i just love these like frames they show of aaron doing all these little tests um like they're like oh interesting we asked is you to like raise a balance test <laughs> yeah they like we asked you to raise your legs um you couldn't speak it didn't seem like your mouth was capable of it we asked you to, like do simple tasks he's like building a house but then what i think is <laughs> really interesting um is they said they were trying communication. And so Aaron's like writing messages on the ground. And the first yeah. thing he wrote is, I don't know how, how to harden myself. Oh, poor um, guy. He has erectile dysfunction. But then oh. they say that he interesting. Good subtle joke there. Um, <laughs> and then they say he wrote something else. Um, he wrote what my father did to me. Then he just started going berserk and eventually gets out of his Titan. Oh, oh really? interesting. That is yeah. Neat. What does that do to him? His ass hang dangles at the Titan. Yeah, and then it goes through. He transforms again. It's a bit smaller. Um, 
he kind of destroys the house he built earlier, they say. Um, and then the third time, he was just this scrawny little thing. Fuck, that's cool. It kind of like zooms out of this scene to this shot of these two figures watching them from like a far distance. Like they're not even seeing what's going on, but they're seeing like the smoke and steam from Aaron's transformations. Yep. And then I think we get this little scene between uh, Aaron and Levi where they're basically like, like, why would the nobles have knowledge of the walls, right? Like, why does Historia have more information than us or like Historia's father have more information than us Mm -hmm. Um, they're kind of confused about it and then we get like this brief shot of like Pastor Nick just chilling in wherever the fuck he's chilling and he gets a knock on his door what I really like about the Levi Irwin conversation is I always we always talk about how this show does everything very naturally it doesn't really do like just narration or like the characters basically talking to the watcher about like here's what's going on but at the same Mm -hmm. time like this Levi Irwin conversation gives us a very like natural summary of where they are right now, what do they know? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like where where they're going. Like I love Levi's joke, if only there was a book book on Titan hardening or something. (laughs) Um, Because they're talking about Aaron can't harden. They want him to harden so they can go and reclaim the wall Maria. They also have that mystery about the Rice family. And I will also add that I'm glad the dub stop saying race and switch to rice because race sounds stupid. I was gonna say, when Heather and I were watching it, we were both like, wait, what the fuck? Because I remember in in the sub, they definitely say rice, right? Mm -hmm. And so like when they said race, I was confused. And then I was even more confused when they went back to rice. But rice does sound better. Is Attack on Titan racist? They're not racist because they are not saying race anymore. Mm, Okay, interesting. But I completely agree, like, because that scene is very short, especially like if you had watched this in real time and like you there had been like a season break, like that's such a good condensed like version of what we know so far. Connie is still fucking tragic. Like we cut back to what we find out is the new Levi squad, like the 104th is now the Levi squad and they're tasked with protecting Aaron and they're tasked with protecting Historia and Connie is just like, I'm going to find that beast titan and i'm gonna give him a piece of my mind and then we get and so brian this goes back to what you were talking about like how bizarre it is to hear aaron having just like a calm conversation it's so weird it Uh like it makes me uncomfortable if it makes me feel like that like shit is gonna go down right if there's like something weirdly foreboding about it like yeah it's like he has this conversation with historia where historia is basically like it must be good to be you guys like to know what you're fighting for now that emir's gone like i don't know what i'm fighting for anymore which is like very important like this is setting up a concept that is going to come up like over and over again this season like specifically what people are fighting for like what one specific thing people are fighting for and aaron has like the comeback like weirdly enough aaron is in a position of being like a mentor right now which is so fucking strange so yeah on the topic of aaron doing things he normally doesn't this is like a wholesome aaron interaction that i don't think we like ever got into this show no absolutely not because the first episode starts off with him immediately like his mother dying and then he's just like 
angry for the rest of the show. And he's kind of reasoning with Historia here being like, well, you could fight to save Amir. Like, that could be what you fight for. Kind of crosses the T's and dots the I's on Amir's story where she's like, she made her decision and like me trying to save her would be going against her decision. And like, who am I to take away the fact that she finally sat down and said, this is what I'm going to do. And I love the little interaction where Historia is like, the sweet little girl you thought you knew is gone now. And Aaron's like, good. No one liked her. <laughs> it was kind of creepy. Did I miss anything in that conversation? Or is that the gist? No, that's it? it. And then Aaron's like, you know, like, this is, I like this new you. This feels real. Oh, yeah. He's like, you're finally a real person. Like, we can finally hang out with you pretty much. And then shit starts going downhill really fucking fast. <laughs> like, we find out Nick... Pastor Nick was murdered. His nails were torn. And like we get a scene where Hanji and Moblet like go to see what's going on. And the MP that are guarding the door being like super fucking shady about everything. And we get to see Hanji being like really intelligent. Um, yes. And it's like chameleon like. Like she realizes this like a tactic A isn't working. So she doesn't just keep screaming at them. She like shifts her like attack position and goes at it from a different direction and she gets like a little bit more information yeah i like this little detail where she like looks at their jacket and reads like interior uh like the interior interior police mm -hmm. or whatever like these are i don't know how explicitly it's really shown in this show i don't think that much but this is like the interior police is different from the military police in general. Like, this is, like, the people who protect the king. Like, this is, like, the mm -hmm. inner military police. I think this is really when we're getting that for the first time. Yeah. Because um, she's like, it's weird that you guys are here. Yeah. And not protecting people in the interior. And they kind of start being, like, super shady and freaking out and being, like, a person killed a person. This is our job. Like, get out of here. No titans were involved. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and I like this final note of the Hanji and Nick are BFFs storyline where at the end Hanji's like, I'm going to venge him. I know she's like talking. She's like, can you, when you find the person who did this, can you pass this message along? And then she just goes on this brutal rant about how she's going to like yeah. make them suffer and pay. And like, we find out that Hanji hid Pastor Nick. Like she put him in this like kind of like apartment complex in the middle of nowhere to try to keep him safe from like the people who might find out that he spilled the beans about Historia and stuff. And like what Hanji says is like, she never considered that the police would be the one sent to like assassinate him, which like clues them in on the fact that this is like a lot bigger than any of them really could have expected. Like that, that is a dark turn for it to take. Levi has like the moment where he's like, you know, fuck it. I respect Nick. You said that all of his fingernails were gone. That means it means he didn't talk like people will talk after the first fingernail. Like he died for his beliefs. Oh, yeah. And then they get a little note from Erwin and Levi reads it and it's like, we got to get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> now. And then all of a sudden they're just on the run and the MP is like swarming this house that we thought was going to be like their new cool home base. And it's immediately just taken over and it's fucking done. Like, it's just thinking so confidently that you know where this show is going and then, like, kicking you in the ass and <laughs> taking a hard right turn in a completely different direction. Like, we are now going hard into a, like, band on the run, like, political thriller type story. 
uh, when we thought it was just going to be like a take back humanity, fight the Titans type story. Like this is kind of the second biggest like hard turn in the narrative for me. Mm-hmm. And I fucking love it. It's no longer like humans versus Titans anymore as much as it is like human versus human. Yes. As of right now. That's exactly what I was going to go for is that this is completely new conflict for us because previously it's always like our even just going on the action sequences. We've only ever seen humans fighting Titans or Titans fighting Titans throughout mm-hmm. this entire show. Now it's been entirely this so far the season just human on human combat. Mm-hmm. Which is so weird to see now because it, it just has never happened in this show ever. And we get these little teases. So like Aaron gives a note to uh, Hanji as they're all like taking off on the run because Hanji and Mobley are going to go uh, after Erwin uh, to try to make sure he's okay. And the rest of the crew is going to just like fucking dip out of there. So mm-hmm. he gives Hanji this note. He's like, I remember this conversation between Berthold and Ymir. And then we cut to another shot of whoever is tailing or has been like spying on the crew and we don't see their faces or anything, but we see that they have a fucking pistol. And they're like, <laughs> Levi. <laughs> <laughs> this so much fucking happens in this episode because now we're in Trost. Levi's like, we're going to go to Trost. And everyone's like, why the fuck would we go to Trost if the MP are after us? And he's like, because if we're there, we can blend in as best we can. And also if shit goes south, we have the buildings to use our ODM gear on. Like, we won't have that out here. And also I have a plan. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, all of this happened in the first episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Basically, to sum up Levi's plan is it's like they're going to have once again, Jean stand in as Aaron and they have Armin stand in as Historia um, and they're wandering the streets together in hopes that, quote unquote, Aaron and Historia will get kidnapped so they can grab whoever tries to kidnap them and get more information, right? Like, that's part A of the plan. And then part B of the plan is that while that's happening, they have uh, Aaron and Historia on, like, a secondary wagon that's being taken directly to Commander Pixis uh, because, you know, he's, like, the only reasonable person on the entire fucking planet. <laughs> I like that. He's not really reasonable, but relatively. Um, you know, people kidnap Jean and Armin. And... <laughs> I like the little moment, which is, I feel like is kind of a nod to like the meme that Armin and Historia look exactly alike, where Sasha's just like, Historia, or Armin, I mean, uh, Historia, like she trips up like that. (laughs) When Jean gets kidnapped, they hide his face like in the animation, like subtly, but they do it, even though they're going to reveal that it's him three seconds later. Like, they're just so good about little details like that. Yes. And I just fucking love the whole scene in the warehouse where... Well, I don't love the part where Armin's getting groped. That part is upsetting. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> that made me so Sick? uncomfortable. Yeah. It was That was so goddamn... It was so gross. It makes me happy about what's going to happen to these guys immediately. Oh, yeah. I love this scene so much because it is really like our fucking crew comes in and like gets the job done, you know? <laughs> Like, we have, like, Connie scouting the whole situation from above. Mikasa's kind of, like, down on the ground, like, being the main fucking, like, fist in the whole operation. And then, like, Armin and John were never really captured. They had gotten out of their bonds and were just waiting for the moment to strike. And then you have, like, Sasha above covering them with the arrows. Like, the whole thing is just sick how they take down these people. We find out that, like, the guy that tried to kidnap, quote-unquote, Aaron and 
Historia was Demo Reeves, who was the fella who was like blocking the gate in Trost, like back in the first four episodes of the show. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they're amateurs that were like hired to do this. And he explains like they like they are going to fucking kill me now that you guys have foiled our plan, you know, like they're going to tear down my business. And interestingly enough, he seems like genuinely worried that the people of Trost won't be taken care of if he's not around. Yeah. Which is just like a small thing, but last time we saw him, he was being so selfish, and like now he's kind of like, if they kill me, like like who's going to feed the people of Trost? Then we cut to uh, Kenny... Not Kenny. Well, we do cut to Kenny in a <laughs> sense. We cut to Levi. Kenny? Who? Well, that's not good. What? That's, a, that's already a bad sign. <laughs> we cut to Levi, uh, who's like... South Park? He's going to check on uh, Aaron and Historia, who is like we see is being like guarded by a bunch of scouts like up in the the roofs of the buildings and he's like this seems weird why is no one attacking oh and then Kenny. like he's sort of like thing gears start turning in his head and he's like wait i recognize like this kind of tactic like whatever's going on here kenny's the yeehaw guy <laughs> yes <laughs> Yeah, he is. <laughs> but he fucking he t- Nifa is this girl's name he talks to, and he's like, "Yo, Nifa, I was raised by a serial killer named Kenny the Ripper." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love how he just opens with that. <laughs> and she's like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Stop talking about that. You're being a weirdo. <laughs> Kenny the Ripper isn't real. <laughs> this is no time to joke," she says. And then Nifa just gets fucking shot in the head. Whole head taken off, basically. And then all around the like rooftops everybody's getting shot in the head and then this animation of this fucking like cowboy looking dude jumping up onto the roof and like walking up and he's like hey levi good to see you buddy (laughs) it's so fucking good it's gorgeous like the shot of him like switching the air tanks on his pistols like all these little things it looks so fucking good and then the episode ends on my favorite fucking quote of the whole show so far, which is just Levi at the top of his lungs screaming, RIP headphone users. Kenny! <laughs> is that really Kenny. your favorite quote? Yes, because Kenny is such a stupid yeah. name. <laughs> It's like, Jesus fucking, we got Levi, you know, we got fucking like Moblet, Hanji, all these fucking cool names. And then we have Kenny. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it just feels so wrong. Okay, there's a character named Bertholt. Let's not forget that. <laughs> okay, you're but talking Bertholt, about stupid names. Bertholt feels like, okay, that's like my mid 1600s, like German little brother. Like, that's a cool, <laughs> weird name. Kenny is just fucking Kenny. Can we please? Kenny from South Park. Yeah, exactly. Can the Photoshop be just Kenny from South Park shooting Levi? (laughs) (laughs) But that's that's how the episode ends. Um. Um, And I, this isn't like, it's not a quote. Because the quote is just one name, and it's so it's not something you can use anywhere. But still, my girlfriend and I quote this to each other all the time. We'll How? Just, like, it's just the room. name Kenny. Fucking we'll Kenny. fucking like kick down each other's bedroom door and just be like, Kenny! <laughs> you want to feel even more uncomfortable um, from this episode oh after I they like do. after they capture all of, like the Reeves people. <laughs> There's that creepy guy talking to Arbin. He's like, you're really a boy? I used to be normal, but now look at what you've done to me. 
What? <laughs> um, no, we can't dig into that. <laughs> one thing I forgot to mention, Moblet's a Chad. During the scene with uh, Hanji and mm. the interior mm-hmm. squad, the interior squad like grabs Hanji by the shirt and is like, who are you even? And then Moblet like, grabs his hand and like tosses yeah. it down. And he's like, Zoe Hanji, commander of the fourth so squad of cool. Survey Corps or something. And then yeah. one more scene we didn't go over. We get our first look at the nobles. And specifically Rice. Oh, right, right, right. Um, which is very different for this show. For the past two seasons, our villains have always been hidden in the shadows. We don't know who they are. We don't even know what the threat is at some times. But this is different now. Like, we know who, like, the quote-unquote villain is, even though this whole, like, season is talking about the grayness of right and wrong but like mm-hmm. our antagonist and we get a look at them and we get a look at what they're saying um the which is like i said very different for the show i'm trying to remember what they were talking about in that scene so too. that's the food, I, food rations remember they go into a trust right they see yes, all, yes, yes. It's all like oh it's the king's coronation ah mm-hmm. and they're given the food and they're like that was 60 percent of our reserves it's like is this really worth it it's like ah we gotta keep morale up and then it just like cuts ominously to like the king yeah i, I also wonder if it's like a thing of because they say like we got if people are harder to control if they're hungry but i wonder if there's also a level of if we give them free shit now they won't question us like taking down the whole survey corps in a couple minutes you know? yeah survey and then i think they end on food. something like Aaron and historia will be ours like they, they said they've yeah. gotten this taken care of and we have a new end credits which also fucking rules and like we also will be able to talk about it a bit more once we get deeper into the show but funny enough but, not um, in this episode this is i want to say the first time attack on titan's done this where it just blurs oh, like right. the credits over the scene and it literally why did they do that with levi screaming kenny and that's a long ass episodes. Yeah, so I... that's to fit more content in. Um, okay. So for fu- uh, fun fact, ReZero season two, most of the episodes do not show the opening nor the ending. <laughs> Just nice. this because they're such massive episodes. Um, so it's a it's a technique. Episode three, which we'll get to. There's no like pre credits, like pre opening credits thing. Like it just goes straight into the theme song. Mm-hmm. So you can tell they know that they're they're like we got a lot of story to get through right now. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the ending much because like once again we don't know that much yet. But the animation style just fucking rules. Like it looks like what we've seen of history books so far in this show. Like it's that style. Like this cross hatchy on old paper look. Um, the song that plays feels very Studio Ghibli. <laughs> Like, it's this kind of sweeping, sad, epic children's song. Um, and it also, it's, like, very Historia-heavy, which, like, really is, like, yo, you're in for some Historia stuff this season, which is exciting. Uh, episode two? Yes. You're right. Which episode Pain. is that? Owies. Pain. First thing I need to talk about is pain. The animation in this opening sequence is genuinely my favorite animation from the it's entire so good. fucking show. It is so good. It fucking rules. It is just this like balls to the wall chase through the city of like all these fucking dudes with guns and against Levi. And it's like nothing we've ever seen before. It doesn't do the thing where they built out the 3D environment. Like this is obviously a sequence that they had to plan months and months and months in advance. Like you can tell that they went through story, like so much storyboarding, like so much planning. There's bits in it, you know, like it's not just him flying through the city with people behind him. It's like he's diving through like a, a busy street and like diving between two carts as they like cross by each other. Like he's jumping onto 
carts and like sliding down them and like the perspective shift of the camera like the way it goes around him like this is just animated like nothing we've ever seen before and spoiler alert nothing we've ever seen again and it's just fucking amazing it's so good what i think is really interesting there's actually not changes from the manga but they rearrange the order of events a lot in this few couple episodes uh which i'll talk about but what (laughs) is very interesting to me is they didn't change the action sequence. So like panel for panel, this is like the same fight, like just like as we see in the show. And I found that very interesting of like all the things they changed. The action sequence was pretty much exactly the same. It's impressive that like Isayama could put together such engaging action sequences that it does translate well yeah. to the screen. Yeah, all this stuff is just so fucking gold. Even, like, the little character animations, like I said before, of, like, Kenny, like, walking up the roof and, like, talking to Levi, and then, like, all of his, like, squ- like Kenny's squad jumping up from the buildings, and this is just all such good shit. Levi just, like, sees this bar, heads towards it as fast as possible, and, like, dives into it. Kenny entering this bar is so fucking it's, funny. It's... <laughs> I literally, I, they play it off like it's a, like it's an old Western. (laughs) It's so fucking, I was laughing my ass off the whole time. The best word I can use is he like manspreads into the room. (laughs) Yeah, he does. Like like he's like squatting down. He's got like pistols in both hands and he's like, hey, Levi, where you at, buddy? (laughs) He says something like the laws come to exterminate the vermin or something like that. Yeah, I think the dub is like the sheriff has come for the criminals or to clean up or something it's so fucking good and like okay so kenny has a weird ass name he also looks like no character we've seen before (laughs) he has like this crazy hat he's wearing like a cowboy vest he's got boots he's got pistols he's a cowboy he's a fucking cowboy and he's a ripper apparently i i like all these bits in the bar with like them having this little conversation between each other and like the bartender is so fucking scared yeah Yeah, he's like levi of the scouts is here welcome (laughs) don't kill me i I also love during this whole conversation that levi is just like silently strategizing as yeah whereas i feel like with anime would be like jump into levi's inner monologue as he plans this thing Mm -hmm. out whereas like like Levi's just like he's rearranging the bottle to like see Kenny yeah. in the reflection and it was just like it's so cool how he's doing that in the middle of having this conversation with Kenny while Kenny's throwing uh-huh. chairs at him. <laughs> yeah. I love Levi so much. Sam. Seriously, this whole this whole sequence He's so fucking cool. But the part where he literally like like Ben said he was adjusting the glasses mm-hmm. to see to, to see like calculate and then he literally takes the shotgun and he throws it over the counter and it's shoots so cool. Kenny. And it's so, it's so good. Uh, and this is like the first time we're getting like Levi-centric stuff. Kind of like up until this point, he's been an accessory to something else that's going on. And this is like Levi with the person who raised him. Like, it's almost like the Levi Blechdel test. <laughs> Like, this is the first time Levi is having a conversation with somebody that's not about Aaron. Yeah. (laughs) I guess it is to an extent, but... So he shoots Kenny. Kenny goes flying out the door, and it gives, like, Levi a chance to escape. I love how Levi throws the chair out the window, and the one one guy in Kenny's squad is like, a chair? (laughs) Yeah, they, like, shoot it to pieces, and they're like, a chair? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, then Levi fucking busts out of there, and just more 
incredible fucking animation, more incredible action of him just like taking out Kenny's squad left and right. It's interesting to see the OD- ODM like wires used as a weapon, like the grappling hook part. Like he's like shooting that into people's heads and killing them. It's fucking brutal. We also have Kenny who's like on the ground and like his second in command comes up and is like, hey, you're dead. And like, I like that he points out like, Levi's got fucking strategy, dude. Like I did I forgot that barkeepers can own guns. Like take a shot every time we say like in this episode. Also, are these text to speech bits funny? Beep boop, I am a robot. I'm going to have sex with an electrical outlet now. Bye. And it kind of gives you a glimpse into this like 3D mental chess that Levi and Kenny are constantly playing in their heads, like as to why they're always getting the upper hand in situations. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, we cut back to the group, and uh, Sasha's like, I hear gunshots, and Connie does, like, the funny little... I know. <laughs> and he face. doesn't even just do this once in these few episodes. <laughs> yeah. He'll do it again. That's my favorite. It's like, Sa- like, this, like ha- Sasha's her hunter courage. characteristics, and she can hear things really well, and then Connie's just like, huh? Hold on, let me put <laughs> yeah. on my ears. And Mikasa's like, yo, what Levi told me is that we're not just fighting Titans anymore, we're fighting humans. Uh, really setting up that idea. And then we cut back to more Levi just fucking tearing through people. <laughs> it's brutal, but it's also fucking badass. Because he's like, also, none of them are like wearing their normal like Survey Corps gear, which is a little detailed, but I, I feel like it makes them look a lot cooler because we're not used to them just being in like plain clothes flying around fighting people. Yeah, but they all meet up again and Levi is like, yo, you all, if you see someone and you get an opening, you fucking kill them or you die. Like that's what's going on right now. Jean's reaction to this is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Come on, man. Killing people is bad. Mikasa's reaction is just like, all right. <laughs> yeah, and then we have like this whole sequence where like Jean and Armin jump onto the cart that uh, Kenny's squad has stolen to try to get Aaron back. Um, and can I just but, say, this is so sad because Survey Corps Tristan Taylor dies. Oh, is he the guy that was riding the, like, driving Yeah, the he car? was the guy driving <laughs> the car. He's the one that. that looks like Tristan Taylor from Yu-Gi-Oh! But in the Survey Corps. <laughs> and he dies! He's my favorite I thought character. that was his actual name because I don't know Yu-Gi-Oh! He's the most essential character in Yu-Gi-Oh! Rest in peace. He's the strongest. It is sad when he dies, though. They just fucking... Sh- He's like, Aaron! And then he gets shot in the face. But yeah, Armin and Jean, like, kind of take over this cart. And then Jean hesitates to kill the lady. And the lady is able to, like, pull a gun on him. And then, like, as everyone's flying in trying to save Jean, like, we just hear a gunshot and it cuts to the mid credits. It's like blood that splatters all over the screen, too. Yeah. And then we cut back to. Oh, so the mid credits, like, talks about the gear that these people are using are anti personnel gear. Yes. It was made by the MP for person on person fighting. Yeah. In this fight in the manga, there's a. Sasha has a little line of, like,. Gunshots, but they're using ODM gear. You can't fucking fire a gun while using ODM gear. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's their secret. This weird, like, new device of, like, the gun on, like, their little hit triggers. Um, we see Erwin is taken into custody and he has a conversation with, I think, a new character. Is Niall new? I don't think we've met Niall. No, before. he's not new. We saw him at the end of season one. He was the one, remember? He's. We? Yep. Um, remember when they were doing the Stoist District fight? He's the well. He's all, he was also in the courtroom, so he's head of the military police. He was in the courtroom speaking on behalf of the military police. Um, 
and he also was talking to Erwin oh, when he Erwin's like, "All right, everyone, move out, roll out the plan." And Niles the one, it's like, "Erwin, what the fuck are you doing? Stop, stop, arrest this man." <laughs> oh fuck yeah, okay, fuck, I completely forgot about him. We do see like he has like this line of like, "Yeah, hey, come on, you don't have time to talk to like an old friend." So we see that there's some history between them, mm-hmm. and they talk about like Erwin's like, "Do you really think you can trust like the people in power right now?" Just a thought. Um, and now it's like, what the, what the hell do you plan on doing? And Erwin says, well, I'll make a gamble. Same as always. Fucking psychopath. Yeah. It, this, the conversation goes on a little bit longer in the manga. And they kind of talk about, like, they used to be in the training corps together. And Niall was going to join the survey corps until he met this woman, Marie. Um, and he went and got married and had kids. And Erwin oh. says to him, like, you know, we always respected you. You know, you chose the life of having, you know, having a normal life, essentially. And he's like, mm. and then Erwin adds, like, you know, I always like fancied Marie myself. And Niles, like, I fully knew that, but you chose Titans over Marie, you fucking psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds in line with his character. Um, so then we cut to like Armin is just puking into a river, which is weird because like, isn't that like one of their only sources of water in the walls? Why is he just puking in it? <laughs> I don't. I don't know if. In the grand scheme of things, that's really going to taint the water. This will really ruin the town's water supply. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to beat her on the bush. This is a fake out, right? John is alive. But I think this is a very interesting use of a fake out because murdering someone is not something that's easy to comprehend. You know, like, I can't really picture myself killing someone, you know? Like, that's a hard thing to imagine. For most people. And so, like, seeing Armin's grief and having the fake out, like, have you misunderstand that as, like, a friend dying? I don't know. It helps you sympathize with the idea of, like, having to murder someone. Like, it it helps you deal, like, understand that grief without really knowing that you're understanding that grief yet. And then when you get that switch of Jean is alive and it's because... Armin killed him like you're like oh okay I understand that feeling now yeah it's also a total switch up of their personalities from previously what we've seen in like command Mm -hmm. situation of like Jean hesitated Armin didn't yeah I was gonna say it's interesting that Jean is like he's kind of the one person in the group that is really fucking like I like I can't do this I don't he's like so confident so it's interesting to see him in a situation where he's very not confident well they have to let aaron and historia go right like the fight came to an end with everyone being like out of gas on their gear so they had to let them Mm -hmm. take them yeah and i guess Uh, i have a note here so i guess this is in this like uh warehouse or whatever this is where they actually have the conversation with demo reeves like here's the plan here will you decide with us right a lot of good shit happens in this warehouse like this whole conversation by firelight of like Levi being like, you've killed a person, like the old you is dead, but like that's a good thing, and I thank you for it because if you didn't do that, like Jean would be dead. Like we all made it out alive, and it's because you did what you did. Um, and we come back to that idea of like Levi being like this leader and being like so good at everything, but he is aware that like what he's doing isn't necessarily right or wrong. Exactly. And like he says that again. Yeah, because Jean, Jean's like, I won't hesitate. 
Like, I'm sorry mm-hmm. for questioning you. Like, I won't hesitate next time. I'll kill mm-hmm. them. And then Levi's like, I don't know what's right or wrong. You know, I just do what I do. <laughs> yeah. It makes me think of when he was like riding on those horses with Aaron and he's like, I don't know yep. what the answer exactly, is. Yeah. Do whatever you'll regret least. Hanji has like the realization that uh, Aaron's going to get eaten. <laughs> She's like, oh shit. <laughs> the cigarettes. Not good. Yeah, this is specifically from uh, the conversation Aaron remembered between Ymir and Barthol. Hanji's now peeking picking together like what that means like holy shit these titan powers they're like people are just vassals from for them that's why reiner mm-hmm. didn't care if aaron was killed aaron doesn't hold that power himself he's simply just a vassal so if some titan eats aaron they get his power oh yeah that part was really cool where she's like reiner wasn't throwing the titans at the end of season two to like kill aaron that would have been too much of a risk he was throwing them so they would eat aaron and then it would be easier for them to like capture someone who's not a little idiot I especially i especially <laughs> like the part where hanji references season two <laughs> yeah he's like you guys remember in season two <laughs> so like reeves double crosses the mps like he basically tells them like i i got the survey cord they think i'm working for them i'm gonna lead you straight to them but then he's actually leading them straight to them so they can capture them which is kind of funny um and like we have a little moment between demo and his son where he's like a good merchant has to trust his nose. Like, if you see something that seems right, go with it. Get yourself some money. Flaggle. Fucking flaggle. Yeah, flaggle. Yeah, we kind of got to bust through this. We're going really long. <laughs> oh, basically, fucking Levi just fucking tortures this guy. His name is Sonus, the, Sonus. the MP. I love this sequence. It's so... Where he's like, who tortures someone without asking any questions? And <laughs> Levi's like, oh, yeah, I do have a couple questions. <laughs> But so this is like we spend most of this show like talking about how intelligent members of the Survey Corps are. And like this Mm -hmm. torture sequence really gets you like to show when these are like used for the power of evil, what can be done with these minds. This genuinely made me like sick to my stomach. The moment where they like Sonus isn't saying shit. They're pulling out his nails. He's like, I would rather die than give up my my beliefs. Right. And Levi realizes, oh, fuck, that's the truth. Like, <laughs> like torturing him isn't going to get him anywhere. It goes back to the thing of, like, if they don't speak after one nail being pulled out, they won't speak at all. And so they have his friend read the script, like, at knife point. <laughs> Basically, like, selling Sonus and all of their ideals out for, like, a bed in a nice room. And, like, the fucking mind game of that is disgusting. <laughs> Like, not only did they just break this man physically, but they also forced him into believing that, like, his friend gave up everything he just, like, sat through this torture to not give up for a fucking bed. And yeah, Sonus basically does some blabbing then. Yeah, I know. I love how Hanji comes in and she's like, all right, we're ready to go at it again. And like, and she's like going on this whole rant and in the middle of talking, Sonus is just like, Rice is the true royal family. <laughs> also, we just have to briefly mention when Han, like in that shot of Hanji saying that, she's like standing in the doorway with Levi and Levi's doing like the pulling the glove down his arm thing. And he's also like fucking five feet shorter than Hanji. <laughs> he looks so tiny. Levi's 5'3". But yeah, it's, he's like, the Rice family is the true royal family, which is like, fucking what? <laughs> so like this, whoever this fucking king is, who we haven't seen say a word yet, is apparently not the true king, and Historia is the rightful heir to the throne of this fucking place, which is wild. <laughs> and they're like, Rod Rice is going after Historia. Like, that's what this is all about. And I like the little picture they show of Rod Rice in his dapper hat. Yeah. <laughs> 
I just think it's cute. And then one more thing I want to touch on before the end of this episode is like a conversation that really stuck with me my first time watching this. Um, like it's something I think about all the time and it's Armin's like reckoning with him killing another person. And he's like, we aren't good people anymore. You know, like we used to kill these things that like their whole purpose was to try to eat us. Now we just killed other humans because they have different ideas than us. And then he's like, no, it's not even that they have different ideas from us. It's just that they're in a different group. And like that little Mm -hmm. speech, I don't know. There's something in it. It's just so like, it's so simple. Yeah. But it's like so fucking potent and like makes you think about like our actual world history and then like even just shit like you've done in your real life. Like not necessarily akin to murder, but it's just like, you know, the why like we hate people really just because they're in a different group. Like, I don't know. It's just so it's a simple way to put it. That means so much. Attack on Titan ends racism. <laughs> Thanks, Attack on Titan. Um, there's also the scene at the end where we see DMO Reeves get killed by Kenny. Oh, shit. Was that in this episode? Yeah. And the reason I have that in oh, there. Yeah. Wait, I put in my notes, Kenny rips Reeves. Oh. <laughs> The reason I put that in there is, is this Levi's first last name drop? Because Kenny says something along the lines of Levi Ackerman. Oh, shit. Didn't notice. Yeah. Fuck. And I'm pretty sure that's the first time we've ever heard Levi's last name. Ackerman. Mikasa's last name, is, Brian. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't fucking get this. <laughs> Because Ackerman is Mikasa's dad's name, mm-hmm. right? But, like, Levi looks more like Mikasa and her mom. So, like, I just yep. I fucking can't put They're together what the sister? relationships here are. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I, I, I kind of tried to do the mental gymnastics. I'm like, wait a minute. This doesn't make sense. But, yeah. Are they siblings? I They're fucking not don't siblings, know. No, but they are of the same family. They're mother and father. You're right. You got it. <laughs> Aaron is their <laughs> child. <laughs> uh, episode 40, or it's season three, episode three, is called Old Story. Uh, like I said, no pre-credits. It just kind of jumps right into shit. And um, we finally get so like Historia and Aaron in their little conversation. Aaron mentions like, it's good that you're finally talking again. Like you told us your backstory, your tragic backstory, and then haven't said anything since. And now we're finally getting that backstory from Historia's perspective. And it's really fucking depressing. Yeah. I wrote Historia as a masochist as my first note. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. It's so fucking brutal. The baseline we get is Historia's living on like Rod Rice land, right? Rod Rice is the noble of this land and she's done living on it. And she's living with her mother who doesn't talk to her and is just reading books all the time. And every once in a while, we'll go into the city dressed super nicely. Something I did notice is the book Historia's mom reads, the cover has that image of the girl with the apple. And then we also get a shot of inside the book, which is like when she's like, in the book, it talked about like mothers like having fun with their daughters and, you know, loving them and like acknowledging their existence and it shows a shot of like the mother holding the baby which i think we see in the season two like intro and outro as well it's the very first shot of the season uh two opening yeah it's like the statue it's the opening that's right in blood right and it's also the last shot too because like the first shot shows it and the last shot shows it like covered in dirt and shit yep. so i don't know if there's anything to that but 
that's interesting. Yeah, and then there's the fucking scene where she's like, I wanted to like hug her just to see what would happen. And her mom fucking oh like God. punches little baby Historia off of her, gives her a bloody nose, and she loves it. That was the first thing my <laughs> mother ever did to me. <laughs> my mother yeeted me. <laughs> and then she's like, I wish I had the no, power to kill like- you. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, those are the first words my mother ever said to me. And then after that, her mom just fucking leaves to the cigarette store to get some cigarettes. <laughs> we also didn't mention at the end of the last episode, uh, Rod Rice and Historia like are back together and he gives her a big hug and he's like, this is actually in this episode. Is it? Yeah, it's right after the uh, Historia flashback story and then it cuts to this scene of Rod Rice with Historia and Aaron. There's one shot at the end of the last episode yeah. of just Rod Rice. Okay, that, that could be Historia. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a little tease. But so then it's like five years later, like right before or right after the walls fell, mm-hmm. Rod Rice shows back up at Historia's home and is like with her mother and is like, yo, I'm busting you out of here, kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that what he says? Um, <laughs> basically. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to, you know, you're going to come live with me. And we... This is very ominous where Kenny shows up and he's like, yo, um, Rice, the Wall Maria getting you a little antsy. Fucking Kenny. Historia's mom just goes fucking psycho. Like she starts screaming like a madman. Historia's Jesus mom is Christ. not my favorite. She's horrible. She when she's like, she's just really like kill the cunt. fucking kid. Just let me go. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's so fucking brutal. And so Kenny's like, I was not. Yeah, all right. He, like, kills the mom, and the last thing the mom says before she's killed is, if only you'd never been born. (laughs) And those are the two fucking things she's ever said to Historia, is, I wish I had killed you, and I wish you'd never been born. It's like like the writers sought out to be like, okay, how can we make this character the worst thing ever? When you just wanted a sugar daddy, but now you're caught up in a government conspiracy. (laughs) (laughs) Holy fucking shit. But Rod Rice is like, Kenny is about to fucking kill Historia, I think we should mention. Yep. <laughs> He's about to murder a fucking child. Uh, but Rod Rice is like, bargains with him basically, and is like, if we send her away, we can keep her a secret and we don't have to kill her. So let's just do that. And Kenny's like, all right, fucking whatever. This is also interesting to me. Like, Rod Rice almost is the villain right now because he's like kidnapping Aaron and Historia. But at the same time, every time we see him in this episode, it's like he seems very genuine. Like he seems like he genuinely cares for Historia and like wants what's best for her. And he even like says that and it feels like it doesn't feel like a lie. So he's a very strange character. But there's also like the duality to him where he like he's going through it like Kenny's like, you don't know these two people, right? When he's referring to Historia and Historia's mom. And he's like, oh, right. so he it like, seems, almost yeah. lets her go. Yeah, so he's just like a bizarre figure. And like, I can't really place whether or not he is Uh-oh. even a villain or not. Like, he seems like he's supposed to be, but at the same time, he seems weirdly genuine. I don't know, like, what else to think about that. <laughs> so, Sonus attacking his friend <laughs> is brutal uh, when he thinks that his friend, like, ratted them out. And it turns out he's the one that ratted them out. Like, it's, it's brutal. And then, like, Hanji... I like her little like Pratt folly kick uh, where she like kicks the table and then like stumbles. Yeah. Sonis kind of gives Hanji this like ominous warning 
and I absolutely um, love the way he phrases it in the manga. And he phrases it along the lines of, the world is a stage when one actor is taken out, another takes their place. And then he says, break a leg, Hanji. And that's how that scene ends. I just love the oh, way it was weird. phrased like that. Is that how they phrase it in the dub? They say it? No. It is not, no. Huh. And it's not even it's not even it's not even exactly like that in the sub either. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not, but that's so much cooler. That's a cool line, yeah. yeah. What the fuck? That's so much cooler than him just being like, Hey, it's a wild world out there, Hanji. Good I luck. think he says something along like the lines of it's your turn now or something, Hanji. I don't remember. But uh but then is like after that is when we get all this stuff about like Hanji being like, uh, you know, mindless titans eat titans with powers, get their powers and turn back into humans. Um and then we cut to like Erwin has this meeting with Pixis, who once again, I love how Pixis just like comes like people go to Pixis when they're like, no one else is listening to me. This but this kind old man will. And Erwin's basically like, yo, I want to stage a bloodless coup. Like I have all these theories. Um, and like this coup will end with Historia taking the crown and will like go against all of these lies and like all of this deception that we've been fed and everyone in our entire lives and, and pixis is just like <laughs> sure i'll do it yeah he's like sounds good to me um and then uh i i love how erwin's like yep this is gonna end one or two ways one either all this convoluted shit comes together exactly how i thought it would be or two all of the scouts are hanged in the square erwin loves to gamble he has no problems at all yep. We also get a shot that I love of Pixis also having a funny little hat <laughs> as he's like riding off after his meeting with Erwin. And then we get this whole thing where like the MP is trying to frame Erwin for uh, Demo Reeves' death yeah. in this like whole weird convoluted way. And Erwin's just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, take <laughs> me, sure. But he has like that great scene where he goes to the family of Demo Reeves like as they're mourning. And he's like, yeah, this dude was a fucking asshole. But then he was a good asshole. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm going to avenge him. And it's a cool speech. And then everybody clapped. Yeah. <laughs> there's also, um, um, at some point in this episode, there's the Erwin talking about his father. Oh, yeah. Real quick before we get to that, there is like, he briefly is like, yo, Hanji, I've decided that you are next in command if I am to get hanged in the square for treason. Uh, that's kind of important. Yeah. But yeah, then we... Everyone's like, my backstory, my tra my tragic backstory. <laughs> uh, and so basically, it's just like his dad was a teacher. Like while his dad was teaching like the history of the walls, which is basically just everyone ran into the walls and then they just like all of the archives got lost on the way Yep, <laughs> or something. <laughs> and everyone's like, wait, that doesn't uh, check out. <laughs> and his dad, like not publicly, but like takes him home and is like, yeah, I agree. It doesn't check out like. These history books that were given by like the royalty are full of like inconsistencies. They're full of mysteries. And I think that the original king did something to fuck with everyone's minds and like make it so no one can remember like our history, which is insane. I have to say <laughs> that is a bug nuts theory. <laughs> like <laughs> that feels more insane than any of my own theories for the show so far. <laughs> Um, and so I'm wondering what you think about it, Brian, because I'm definitely fucking hesitant to believe that someone has like, I don't know, people turn into Titans, but mind wipe seems like a step too far to me. 
Mm. Brian does the big think. I have no idea. <laughs> Honestly, I don't. Good bet. <laughs> I mean, do you feel that way too, though, or are you feeling like kind of all the cards are on the table, and that's not the most insane thing we've ever heard? Mind, mind no. wipe, and mind control is just seems like sci-fi, and everything else has seemed like fantasy so far. No, it's definitely not the the weirdest thing that we've heard i don't i don't think so to kind of summarize erwin's thinking on what's happening um and i don't know how much of this actually made into the anime um where he's like he's like think about it pixies aaron can control titans with his scream a female titan could do something similar we've now concluded that titans are just people so is it that absurd to say that someone has the power to affect people. That is making it make a bit more yeah. sense to me. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they should have put that in the anime. I know, right? <laughs> okay. It's wild how much that makes more sense to me now that you word it like that. Because I'm confused. So yeah, that's what that You're always confused. Yeah, you yeah. don't you don't watch the show, Brian. No, I don't. Brian does the big confuse. But yeah, Aaron's basically like I mean his dad gets fucking murked. Because Aaron went and like ran his mouth at school and like the MP heard the wild theories he was telling his friends that he heard from his dad and they kill his dad. And Aaron's basically like, my whole fucking like drive in life is to prove that my dad's theory of this mind wipe is correct. That's why I'm doing all of this. Mm -hmm. And like, it kind of makes sense why he's willing to pull off these insane gambles. Like it's to avenge his daddy. (laughs) And kind of to, like, make up for the fact that he got his dad murdered. Yeah, and also what really, like, hammers at home is when Erwin was like, my dad didn't even die for a purpose. Like, he didn't die for yeah. a greater purpose. I've seen these nobles. I see the way they act. They just want to protect themselves. That's the reason that right. my dad died. And he even says, like, I was hoping that the like the whole mind wipe and everything else maybe had a purpose like maybe like even if they weren't correct maybe at least they thought they were doing it for humanity but then he's like but now i realize they just want to keep their land they just want to keep their money my dad died for greed and like at the funeral of his dad you see the same characters that we see chilling in the throne room at like that one episode i actually think it's um that's just like some military funeral is what you're talking about, right? Yeah. When Erwin's an adult. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that is, yeah. Also, uh, baby Erwin is chubby and cute. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I like his fat little face. <laughs> but then we cut to like fucking military police are like, uh, Erwin, you broke like chapter six of the Charter of Humanity or whatever. Like by killing Demo Reeves, you were trying to keep Erwin for yourself and like one cannot do selfish shit uh, in lieu of like goals for humanity right some fucking bullshit like that and they're like you're under arrest all the scouts are under arrest we're taking you all in and we're gonna murder you (laughs) now they're like on the run on the run like before they were just like on the run from like maybe these like rogue mps now they're on the run from like everyone (laughs) and i love like this shot of like jean and connie and sasha i think like go into town in disguise and like pick up some newspapers they bring it back to levi and they're like look they're after us now and there's like this fucking hilarious artist rendition of Levi yeah. in the newspaper. It's got like this fat, um, chubby nose. Yeah. And his like dumb his hair is drawn super dumb with like a middle part. Yeah. And then this episode ends with uh someone is approaching their like hiding spot. And they got guns. Uh, and they got guns. Oh no. And yeah. Those are the episodes this week. A fucking I think a stellar like opening to the season. Brian, uh, how do you think? 
this is like stacking up to what we've seen so far. I did really like the first episode. I thought it was a really, really good opening to the whole season, especially I like I did. I don't know what was up with the whole cold, cold open, but I did like the atmosphere behind it. Mm-hmm. It had like a nice silent sort of like ominous sort of feel to it which I yeah, really it's, dug. It's very hard to tell whether or not that is supposed to be hopeful or like yeah. dreary, yeah, which I, I like. Based on what you said, is there any point in asking what the hell Brian thinks about that scene? <sighs> Brian does the biggest think of all. I think it's, a, I do think that it's a flash forward okay. of some kind. I just, I, I don't have any theories on what it's about though. Because Aaron's mm-hmm. got like the long shaggy hair, which is really weird looking. Yeah. <laughs> So it's also kind of ominous that he's alone too. Yeah. We don't see anyone else. It's just him. I think it's it's definitely a flash forward. Where the hell do you think it's going, buddy? <laughs> Cause like like I said, at the beginning of this season really makes you think it's gonna be one thing and then it throws you fucking hard into political thriller. Like <laughs> <laughs> this is like the it, other it, thing I'd mention is like the villains of season one and two, practically no mention of them. No shots of them either. Yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Colossal Titan. We still haven't seen Annie. Colossal Titan, female Titan, armored Titan, beast Titan, nothing. Mm-hmm. Which is so weird. I mean, we've seen, we, I think it was in the first episode, we did see like a shot of the beast Titan. Because mm-hmm. someone yeah, it's when it. it's when Connie's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna find him and I'm gonna have a conversation with him. <laughs> doing his walk. <laughs> yeah, his walk. <laughs> I still do stand by my theory that I had in the last episode about the Beast Titan, and he's like some sort of weird science experiment. Okay, was did you um, did you I, I say it was by Aaron's dad too? Did you add that? Yeah, his. I I think that the dude with the blonde hair and beard standing on the Beast Titan shoulder is his is Aaron's dad and he like dyed his hair because he just felt like it. He's going, he's going through, through a, a midlife crisis. Yeah. yeah. He's going he through a phase. He dyed his hair and bought a motorcycle and genetically <laughs> created a monkey man. <laughs> As you do. Okay. I, I, I dig that. Shall we rate the episodes? Yes, indeed. No. Oh, so right. if well, these episodes thanks for watching, were a Titan, uh, how many walls would that Titan get through? <laughs> In my perfectly <laughs> unflawed rating system. The first episode, I'm going to give... I like wasn't expecting to do this right out the gate, but I think I got to give it a Sheena. I, like, once again, I feel like... There's a lot of twists in this show, right? And some of the twists are more, like, twisty than others. And this one isn't, like... It doesn't, like, shock you in the way that most twists do, but it is kind of, like, more of a shock to the overall system than it is to, like, specific characters or anything like that. And I love, like, the hard twist almost into a complete different genre and how it does it in 20 minutes. Like, it's just cool. I fucking dig that so hard should i go through all of them yeah uh yeah. episode two <laughs> uh episode two i'm going to give a rose and probably because i love like all the crew being together like all of our main 104th crew now being the new levi squad and just like doing these cool missions once again the animation with levi like that shit is fucking bug nuts and i dig <laughs> it so hard and then for the third episode i'm probably gonna go down to a trust yeah, just talking about it, like it didn't get me quite as jazzed as the first two, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do that little descending order thing. I'm gonna go Sheena, Rose, 
trust. I think I would do Rose, Rose, trust. Um, the opening, like you said, I think one of the things that stands out most to me of the first episode is just the absolute stellar comedy. Yeah. I was <laughs> laughing like crazy in that episode. It's part of what throws you off so much, too. And then, like you said, there's a complete narrative twist, but it's really good and very interesting. Like, it's not mm. like other anime where it's like, hey, side plot. And it's like, who the fuck yeah, are these it, people? <laughs> exactly. It doesn't piss you off. Like, it's not like, now we're going to be a Western, baby. <laughs> like, it's like, now we are going, we're taking this into a different genre, but we're, genre, genre but we're doing genre? it in a way that makes so much exactly, sense. Exactly. Because know? it's like, you realize that, like, the Survey Corps has gone too far in the eyes of whoever the enemy in the shadows is. And it's like, mm-hmm. now they have to deal with this before they can continue with their goal of Mole Maria. Um, so yeah, and it's not like politics have been like non-existent exactly. throughout the series, which is why the transition feels so natural because all that shit was laid out. Um, and then the second episode, the absolutely stellar action animation is just so fucking. Um, and then, like you said, third episode, I had the least notes on the third episode. All three of them also just had completely interesting um, plot points and narrative and. Mm-hmm. Um, this also we're so much happens in all three episodes. For me personally, we're getting into a very interesting part of the series where season three is the first time I read the manga before I watched the show, and that's just oh. it's just a it's an incredibly exciting feeling when you know it's like to watch the show knowing what's gonna happen, but just get to appreciate how beautiful it is. Um, I feel like mm-hmm. I'm just a lot more engaged with what I'm actually seeing on screen. I mean, I feel that way with my rewatching too. You know, like I felt like that when I'd only seen it once, and now like having rewatched the whole thing recently, and like having it so fresh in my mind, like I'm appreciating every little thing so much more. What did I? Oh, and then the final point: we're three seasons into the show. And now we're finally getting answers. We're still getting more questions, but mm-hmm. we the first two seasons have pretty much been nothing but questions up until this point and just <laughs> mysteries thrown at us. And now we're actually starting to get like those two strings to connect those thumbtacks on the board. Here's my analogy. The first two seasons made me feel very constipated. And then when uh, Sanus said the rice is the rightful heir to the throne, <laughs> I finally got a little turned out. <laughs> So season three um, is shit, but in a good way. That is like the first big answer we get. Yeah, though, no. You know? <laughs> um, I think between like, it was hinted at the last season, but to see Hanji putting together, like this is where the Titan powers come from. This is why pure mm-hmm. Titans don't turn, you know, they eat people, but they specifically need to eat someone who can turn into a Titan. They take that power. The Rice family, Erwin just throwing out these theories, you know, it's like things mm-hmm. are starting to fall into place for the first time in this show pepe sylvia pepe sylvia this this whole sequence is very interesting um you'll notice normally i just have one volume with me i have three volumes today oh dear and that's because they really <laughs> rearrange the order of scenes in these episodes at the end of the day it actually doesn't change anything narrative wise um even though they do change some scenes up a bit and they change the order a lot it looks like it basically converges to the same point like i ended on the part where you know you have the soldiers coming from the woods, whoever those people are. And mm-hmm. all the events leading up to that point have pretty much been the same. But I was going to go through the changes, but there's like so many. I'm like, honestly, a curious listener should just read through. Um, it's like chapters 51 <laughs> to 59. And it's just, it, like I said, it doesn't really change the story at all, but they just do the order events in such a different way. There are like, I feel like in the past seasons, we've had like different groups in different places, but usually they're all like kind of like heading for the same goal, you know? 
And this season we have like the Levi squad, we have Hanji and Mobla, and we have like Erwin, and they're kind of all doing their own separate things. Exactly. Which makes this kind of unique. So then what my um, strategy of I watch the dub and then try to follow along in the manga so that I can like catch differences easier. That was a nightmare this week. Nightmare. I'm like I'm like, oh shit, where's this scene? <laughs> Pixies and Erwin talking. What volume is that in? Is it this one? Did I miss it? <laughs> like Ben manically flipping through his mom. And I'm like, I'm like, I, it, that it was just really funny that because like normally it's just like I'm flipping page by page, like following the scenes, like, yep, it's going along mm-hmm. exactly how it did. And it, it was just interesting that I just wanted to point out that it actually has a very significantly different order. Um and then there's also a few scenes throughout these volumes that we haven't gotten to at all yet. Interesting. Uh Brian, what's your rating? My rating is actually the same as Ben's. I'm going to do uh, Rose, Rose, Trost. Because um, I thought that the first episode, like we've already said, it throws you for a loop and it starts off in a way that like we've never seen the show before because it's so calm and tranquil and peaceful. And it throws the narrative for a loop. And then... The second episode, <laughs> the second episode, I'm literally, I'm giving it a rose just for the sequence with Kenny and Levi in yeah. the bar. And I feel like we should give that episode some sort of like special award <laughs> action animation in it. And the action that the action is so probably it's I think it's some of the best that I've seen from the show so far. And it definitely like it lives up to the hype of what we've been told about Levi so yeah. far, you know, cuz we haven't seen a ton of action from him. He's had like his broken little footsie for a while. <laughs> and so this is like them finally delivering on the promise of Levi as the biggest badass on God's green earth. <laughs> yeah, and then um episode 3 I thought was a trust just cuz, you know, it, it was just the I don't want to say least important episode of the three, but like fuck that episode, says Brian. <laughs> Chris, Rose, Rose. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right, my cool. favorite is the Historia flashback. I don't know. I I just like where she gets beaten yeah. by her mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Brian, it's a little forward. Well, practically, I mean, in a verbal sense, she gets beaten by her mother, but it's still a beating. <laughs> no, yeah, that flashback is really brutal. <laughs> it really <laughs> makes you feel. <laughs> uh, does anyone have anything else they want to touch on in these episodes before we go to the spoilers? Any tilfs? I don't think so. Uh, there <laughs> aren't the any Beast titans, titans in the only past. titan we see. <laughs> Tilf. Yeah, and we there there haven't been any Titans, which is weird in a show called Attack on Titan. Pixies is my tilt. <laughs> <laughs> Pixies' yeah. little hat is my tilt. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like the mon- he looks like the Monopoly man. <laughs> yeah, he fucking does. <laughs> We're really like, in terms of quality, we've been going up exponentially, and in terms of amount of top hats, we've also been going up exponentially, which one can truly appreciate. Yeah, Rod Rice has the big um, hat. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody, for watching. If you have not watched the show past this point, if you are re- if you are watching it for the first time with us, uh, turn this shit off right now because we are about to go into the spoilers. Uh, come back next week when we are talking about episodes four, five, and six. Um Cut that out. Follow our social media at Tea Time with Titans on Instagram and at Tea Time Titans on Twitter. Leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd fucking love that shit. Whoa. Um, 
Thank you to Chris Rowe for editing this uh, podcast. I have to remember to say that because I'm very terrible at remembering to say that part. And I'm sorry, No, it's fine. I'll edit it in. Fuck you, Chris Rowe, for editing this podcast. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I, I honestly keep thinking, should I like send you a soundbite of um, me just saying thank you to Chris Rowe for editing this podcast? He just puts it in the middle I'm, of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to upload but just I was a five-hour thank you. That would be too like, patronizing. <laughs> Anyways... Uh, yeah, turn this shit off because we're going into spoilers. Bye bye, Brian. Uh... Spoilies. <laughs> uh, I, I don't. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna need to like lean on you guys for this a little bit because since I just rewatched it like freshly, I kind of was like a little bit more lenient about what to put into the spoiler section. So I don't really have anything. Okay. <laughs> except for for the last episode. So like when I brought up the fact that I read the manga of this part before and when I... Oh, have you read the manga? No. Is that um, a bit? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't tell. But my, the reason I'm saying is so when I read it, it was up to chapter, I want to say 91, which is the Fort Salta fight um, in Marley. So I was like, just be- oh, I was just beginning season four. And so when I started season three for the first time and saw the ocean scene as like the teaser, I'm like, holy shit, they're really getting that far this season. I'm like, holy oh, shit. Cool. So that was like my really cool, cool moment that I was like, because that like that was so far in ahead for me. I was like, like, I'm like, I was looking at season two and I'm like, they'll probably get to the cave fight and then they'll beat Rod mm-hmm. Rice. And that's probably where all the season will end. I didn't realize it was going to be more like season one um, in structure. Yeah. And God, like we said, these episodes are fucking packed. Like this first half of the season could just be a 25 episode season in its own right. Um, I don't know if you guys caught this, the flag of the king they have up all around. Um, I did notice it. Should it mean something? To yes. Me? It's the nine pointed star, the symbol of Eldia, the same thing they wear on their wristbands in Marley. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck me. Mm-hmm. Yep. The symbol of the Eldian empire, the symbol Damn. of Eldia. That's what it is. Fuck. It's huh. definitely interesting when you think about like the king of the walls is like affiliation yeah. with Eldia, I guess. Um, on the ocean note, I mentioned this to you guys in the group chat, but when I like booted up season three when I was watching it with my girlfriend, I was <laughs> I was like, wait, 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 hold on, because I saw the ocean scene and I thought maybe it had like started from the last season three episode that I had watched, which the ending is like that exact same shot. So I was like, oh fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now watching this back, I mentioned in, uh, hey, guys, go follow Tea Time with Titans Extras. You're in the spoiler section. That's mean you're probably caught up, which means you can go listen to our coverage of season four. And I mentioned that I thought the guy, the mysterious stranger who buys the newspaper in season four was Jean at the beginning of the first episode because he wears the same outfit. I'm realizing on this rewatch, it is not the same outfit. <laughs> However, he is wearing a hat. In both of them, Ooh. and he does buy a newspaper in both of them. I, I was, so ba- I was about to, to say, I'm like, I didn't think it was the same outfit when I watched it just now. I'm like, this. I don't think that's well. I think it. I think it was the hat. I just was like, oh, hat, hat. That's the same outfit. <laughs> it's not like an actual like spoiler kind of thing, but there was this funny line where after Aaron wakes up, um, the scene plays out a little different in the cabin. It's like Hanji and Levi, like, like re freshing Aaron on like here's all the tests we did and then Levi says he throws out something like what's next Titans might rise up out of the ground maybe they'll come raining down from the sky and I just thought of like the season four episode one shot of all the Titans jumping out of the plane yeah Yeah. (laughs) um another really interesting thing is 
Aaron just has like a lot of flashes of memories throughout this various thing. And like he sees one of his father and he's like thinking like, where are you right now? Where are you living? What are you doing? And in the middle of that, we get this shot of Frida Rice brushing her hair. And then Aaron's like, who the fuck was that? Historia? No, that's not Historia. What the fuck? Oh, weird. <laughs> um, and that's our first look. We get a Frida Rice. We also get a couple scenes with her that we haven't gotten to yet. So I didn't want to mention anything yet. And she's in like the outro and shit too, right? Yes. She's in the intro and outro. Yeah, it's like there's like a scene, I think, where she like merges into Ymir and then Historia like falls into, um, right? God, I am so excited for that shit. Um, the one thing I did have down was at the end of the, well, not at the end. It was in the, like, the middle of the last episode. Sonus calls hanji a devil oh yeah and and hanji's like you're right i think i am a devil yeah no i i think yeah we brought it up when Holt calls them all devils too right that very Mm -hmm. specific word devil that is literally all i had right (laughs) (laughs) i had one more thing oh i guess like the cover of the book is interesting to me the girl with the apple which is ymir right in theory if i'm remembering shit that's the image of ymir um, we see from Marley. Right. So, like, that's on the book that Historia's mom is reading. Did you catch the devil? I did catch the devil, yeah. It, so, she's reading, like, Marleyan propaganda? So, she kind of knows, like, the secrets. It's not too. exactly Marleyan propaganda. It's so... Well, Marleyan history. It's like a fable right. framed, like, around the same yeah. story. Yeah. It, this is the information that the royal family in the walls has access to. Got it. So, like, okay. Like a secret it's library. Like we're we're going to see like information, I guess. Frida Rice comes by and like hangs out with Historia. Mm-hmm. And Historia doesn't remember this because Frida Rice will like alter her memories after she leaves. Okay. 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 I liked that inclusion. Because it's like not something that's like really expressly shown either. Like it's kind of like a little background detail. Yes, very much so. Sullivan, what's your thoughts on Sad World War II event? I dig it. Um. Oh, and then during the torture scene where, you know, the military police is talking about all these different people he killed and you see er- Erwin's father and Armin's parents and then oh, yeah. uh, Historia's mother. Um, and that's not really a spoiler. Yeah. I guess I could have brought it up. It's like you have to infer that it's Armin's parents because Armin in yeah. the very like beginning of the show talks to like or one of the flashbacks. I forget where it is. He's like, Aaron, my parents say we're going to go outside the walls soon. And it's mm. like now we see what he was talking about and why Armin's parents are no longer in the show is that they built a hot air balloon and the military yeah. police killed them for it. I completely forgot about that. Damn, that's sad. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> We'll edit that out. They just wanted to go to. They just wanted to participate in a speedy fest in Binghamton, New York. <laughs> Don't dox us. Oh shit! End the show. <laughs> do you have anything else, Chris? Do you have anything? No. Me stoop. <laughs> I'm just here for the ride, baby. Okay, I won't repeat the shit I said at the middle. Do but, it anyway. Uh, I will remind you. I will just remind you. We have social media that you should follow. Um, because it's fucking fun at Tea Time with Titans on Instagram and at Tea Time Titans on Twitter and also come back next week for season two. Shit talk us on our social media. Tell us how bad we're doing. Bullying time. Tell us we're little babies in diapers. (laughs) Bye! Kenny! Yep, that's the end. (laughs) Kenny! Kenny!